going on, everybody in Shark Territory? Welcome to the Shark City Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron James. And it's been quite the, um, well, in Bob Bugner's words, experiment with the sound of the Sharks past two games since the trade deadline. And that's actually the last time we've all got together. So uh, thank you for joining me again. Don't forget to follow us across the board on social media at Shark City Hockey. And if you ever want to get your voice on this show, do so by sending us a message at speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. All right. So uh, right now, the South Asian Sharks, as of tonight, they are unfortunately, um, they're the hosers, as they say in hockey. They fell to the um, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, the game was not what the final score suggested. Um, you know, they defeated the Sharks. Uh, they tallied five goals, including an ironic empty netter scored by Evander Kane. So we'll get into that a little bit later. That was a pretty interesting game. But overall, the Celtic Sharks fell to the Oilers 5-2. to two. Um, They had a way better performance against the Calgary Flames, which we'll touch up on shortly as well. Uh, but before we do all that, I would like to just start with what I, you know, what's pretty much on the front of my mind and um, that's pretty much like where the Sharks are now at this point in the season okay so um, you know for lack of better terms I don't want to call it like retreat mode a lot of you out there like to call it rebuilding or resetting Um, but right now it feels like we're in retreat and I'll clarify that in just a second but essentially um, the way it feels is you know if we get any wins in the next, you know, um, 17 games or so, you know, great. If not, it's no worries because the unspoken accepted truth of the team at this moment is that they're not going to the playoffs. So, um, you know, we're at the point of the season where you'll start to see more quote-unquote experiments, as Bob Bugner uh, put it, uh, in the roster. So uh, he was referring to Jacob Magna and Eric Carlson as a defensive pair for tonight's game. Or excuse me, for that previous game in Calgary. Um, but long story short is we're going to start seeing, in my opinion, a lot of different roster moves. Some might not make sense. Some may be purely just to get some NHL experience for our younger guys in there. And with that, that's when I mean retreat mode. Because at this point, you know, could the Sharks make a push for the playoffs? Absolutely. They could make a push. You know, they're not statistically like eliminated yet, right? But do the Sharks need to make a push for the playoffs? And the answer is no. You know, I mean, this this season's participation trophy for the Sounds of Sharks and their fans will be inking Tomas Hurdle to an eight-year contract. So the remainder of the season will consist of getting a look into what could potentially be um, expected or be seen in the 2022-2023 season. Anyways, um, so, you know, right now I think the, the priority is just staying healthy. We have a lot of guys that are getting uh, injured out there. I mean, Timo, thank goodness he was good to go. It looked like he needed support to head into the locker room against Calgary. And he was right back out there in Edmonton. So, you know, standing ovation, applause, tip to the hat, whatever phrase you want to use to say, you know, um, you know, uh, Bravo Zulu, pretty much as we said in the Navy, which is, you know, outstanding. 
outstanding. I'm so happy to see that um, Timo wasn't out because it looked like he may have been done. So that was good news. Uh, hopefully the same type of um, thing happens for our Captain Lone Couture, who in tonight's game uh, just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He was like right at the top of the crease when they Brent Burns uh, shot hit him in the hit him in the like midsection. Like it, it looks like he pretty much caught him underneath the uh, whole like shoulder pads and and chest protector and the guard. Probably you know probably you know I'm not a doctor, but probably contusion. Hopefully, at worst, and nothing you know major, no major injury. So yeah, um, San Jose Sharks had a better performance in Calgary. Uh, the Sharks are too hot for the Flames, even though the first two goals occurred against the Sharks in the slot, or as referred to, high danger zone or area. Um, but overall, James Reimer he stole the show. He solidified, you know, his uh, position as a starting goaltender in San Jose. Um, some some people, you know, contributed to the scoreboard that um, were unexpected, like Vlasic. Literally just throwing the puck on the net. And um, he gets a goal beating um, Calgary's netminder Markstrom's blocker. Like It was really like an odd couple of bounces. Uh, you know, some sloppy play as well. Um, ridiculous giveaway by Carlson led to a third goal for Calgary. And then um, James Reimer, you know, again, you know, he shows up on another kind of like senseless play by Hurdle and Burns that essentially sends, um, you know, the opponent with a clean pass up the slot down the middle. Uh, everyone knows that the following play was a outstanding um, save on the penalty shot. So Reimer just, you know, he became a brick wall as that game progressed. Uh, Timo Meyer showing off his sniping skills with like a spinorama type of move, putting a shot from the goal line in the corner. And then, um, you know, Meyer and Hurdle, what, what can you say about them? Same thing tonight. You know, just their chemistry with each other is just growing. I mean, it's it's amazing to watch, like, throughout the season, to be honest. Um, but Meyer and Hurdle, they won the battle behind the net. A clean setup by Hurdle to Bear Bonoff in the slot one time. That's the goal. Couture gets the game winner. Um, so, you know, it was a good night in Calgary. N not so much tonight. Um, not so much so that most of the game, at least from my viewing experience, whether or not this is a bias or not, but a lot of it just kind of seemed to center more or less about the second game against Evander Kane, or, you know, the first time the Sharks are visiting uh, the Oilers, you know, in, in their territory with Kane in the support of his new, you know, home crowd. And, um, you know, started off a little funky. Kane tried to put the body on Eric Carlson, and it looked like he got the worst of it, you know, bouncing off, which is kind of something like it's a physics. It involves sometimes if you go in for a big hit, uh, the player will, and the boards will kind of redirect the energy onto the person who's charging, so to speak. So that's what I thought happened at first. But after, like, the entire game, I kind of felt like, like he was, like, out there flopping or deliberately trying to throw himself, like, into Nick Merkley's hand for example. Um, I don't know. Things are starting to add up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyways, um, for Sharks side of things, really, it was all about Capo Kakinen's first start with the uh, Sharks. And he looked great. He showed great awareness, poise, and rebound control. Wasn't really expecting the guy to go into the game and change the fate of the franchise for this season. 
Uh, it's his first game with the Sharks, and you can only hope that you know he can be professional, deliver on the ice, and not succumb to any nerves that could come with playing with a new team. So, um, you know, Kakinen, he's a Finnish goaltender, so he joins the likes of Vesa Toscala, Mika Kiprasov, and Antti Niemi. Do you know, um, be Finnish goaltenders for the Sharks? And yeah, you know, I honestly think. I think, you know, um, for what everything has occurred from the trade deadline to him getting the call into the net, I don't think we could have asked for for much more. You know, um, the Sharks uh, tonight against the Edmonton Oilers, you know, the their biggest thing was a penalty kill. Um, Oilers went two for two, and the Sharks went zero for two. And I believe the last podcast we were talking about Andrew Cogliano and how that's where we'll miss his presence or his contributions to the game. It would be on special teams. And, uh, you know, tonight was a classic example of, you know, just how how important, you know, um, someone like Cogliano, a veteran like Cogliano could be to the team, even if it isn't like extremely obvious, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think a lot of fans out there forgot that he also scored the first goal of the season while on the penalty kill. So he he had a shorthanded goal to start off the Sharks um, scoring for this season. Uh, that was against the Winnipeg Jets. On the um, it was also the home opener for the Sharks, so he did it for the San Jose fans. Anyways, um, so it's going to take you know a while. Back to what I was mentioning just a moment ago. If you're joining us, thank you. Um, I'm Aaron James. This is the Shark City Podcast. Just reminding everybody out there, if you want to be a part of um, conversation, and if you want to be, um, you know, a part of uh, the show, feel free to drop comments wherever you're watching, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. And feel free to leave a message. You have up to five minutes if you want to give your take on Sharks Hockey. Speakpipe.com forward slash Shark City Hockey. All right. So, um, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, where the Sharks are kind of in a point of the season where they're, you know, the priority is trying to stay healthy. Um, it's not really being said, but the overall narrative or theme just feels like, all right, we're getting prepared for next season. It doesn't seem like uh, making a push to try to get that last wildcard spot is in our game plan or part of our season goals. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking, you know, that's going to be one of the things that these next, like, what, 18 games remaining of the season are going to pretty much be uh, dedicated to. You know, um, there are some kind of, like, holes in the roster spots or on certain lines, and we have talent in the CUDA. Who knows if, you know, Thomas Bordalo wants to become a pro. He's a sophomore in Michigan right now. He has the option of becoming a pro. We might see him in the lineup. If the Sharks are willing to bring back William Eklund, then, you know, maybe these guys could, you know, uh, pick up the slack or, you know, fill those responsibilities or have that impact where, you know, the veterans used to have that are no longer part of the Sharks. Anyways, I think you get the gist of what I'm trying to say. So, yeah. Um, with the whole Capo Kakinen performance, what does it really mean? To me, it's like in the Matrix. You know, when Neo doesn't make that first jump, and they say everybody falls the first time. You know, I mean, I wasn't expecting them to go out there 
and you know show some kind of performance that's like wow this guy's gonna save the franchise so for me what it just means is that Reimer is the starting goaltender and he will be the starting goaltender going into uh, next season so right now this this the rest of the season is about defining our core which we already have um, you know Burns, Couture, now Hurdle, potentially Meyer we'll see what's up with Vlasic uh, all those names, and ironically enough, James Reimer, are the only remaining players from that Western Conference champions team, just so y'all know. So in a, in a way, the club kind of shed the scales of what used to be the 2016 Stanley Cup finalist team. Um, so I think, you know, that next wave... And, you know, in the past, you could say, you know, even though we had those players I just mentioned in the past, you could say it was Pavs, Jumbo, and Patty kind of, you know, at the front of that, uh, leading the way. Uh, the, you know, now it's going to be, you know, Couture, Hurdle, Meyer. We'll see about Meyer. But um, anyways, so I'm thinking like, you know, we, we essentially are now seeing that evolution and those are going to be our franchise players. You know, those are going to be the next generation, you know, I icons for the franchise. They already are. But, um, you know, we have them down for long term. And, of course, it makes sense. You don't want to start sending your best players everywhere, especially in this market in the Bay Area. Not that it will ever happen again, but it's happened before. You know, the last thing you want is for hockey to drop, you know, over here. In the West, anyways. Um, so yeah, I think I think the next couple of seasons, or excuse me, uh, the next couple of weeks are going to be kind of just seeing what we got, seeing seeing you know what's in the prospect pool. You know, maybe taking a lot of um, guys calling them up from the CUDA. I would like to see you know like the likes of Raska and you know just just anybody that that needs to get, you know, some NHL experience or testing, like this is the time because the Sharks obviously are mathematically, they're still in it, but they're not making any push toward it. And that's, that's all I got to say about that. Anyways. Um, thank you to everybody. I mean, pretty short podcast. I have planned out tonight. Uh, there's not too much to say. Sharks are one and one. The last time we got together uh, was a trade deadline. And since then they're not too bad. Um, could be better. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's pretty much all I have for today. I think I covered everything that I need to. I like it when it's short and sweet. We just went a couple of minutes over, uh, or, oh, we're a couple of minutes shy of a regulation period in hockey. And I think I'll leave it at that. Uh, my name is Aaron James. Thank you guys again for uh, joining me and following me. This is the 23rd, I think, 23rd, 22nd episode. So, uh, you know, we're going strong. Um, don't forget to check out the website, sharkcityhockey.com, where you can find all of the episodes, the previous episodes, archived. And, of course, they're available on uh, any platform, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much wherever you enjoy your podcast. Um, you know what? Before I go, I want to mention something really quick. <laughs> Did anyone out there see this whole, um, like, Toronto Maple Leafs slash Justin Beaver uh, collaboration or the first black jersey in the Maple Leafs history. 
and it's like a reversible jersey. They're calling it a next gen jersey. You know, when you when you reverse, it's it's pretty much like a stealth jersey for sharks, but it's the maple leaf version. And when you flip it inside out, it's for some reason resembling Pittsburgh Penguins, but it's black and gold, and it has a maple leaf within a maple leaf that looks like a smiley face. Anyways, um, I'm guessing that because the collaboration is with Justin Beaver, that's the way that looks. I just want to say, if this is going to become a trend across the league where they are collaborating with like local artists, I'm not too sure if my geography is right for Justin Beaver in Toronto. I'm almost certain he's from there. That's almost as much as I know, and I only know this because his name keeps popping up in hockey, and Tomas Hurdle wore a mask mimicking him in the NHL All-Star game. Anyways, um, but if this is going to be the trend where NHL teams are going to be like collaborating with local artists, then the Sharks better do one with Metallica. That's all I'm going to say. Anyways, and that's pretty much all I got. You all let me know what you think. Um, what do you think about that jersey? The whole smiley face thing for Toronto made me think it, it was a collaboration with Marshmallow. But anyways, I digress. Uh, thank you all again for uh, lending me your ears. This is the Shark City Podcast. I'm Aaron James. I'm about to sign off. And, um, you know, wishing you all uh, the best, happier week. It's Friday Eve, as they say. So we'll speak again and talk Sharks hockey very soon. Uh, sometime in the weekend, all right? So till then, um, you know, finish the week strong. and. As always, let's go Sharks.